Yeah, I cuss a little. What's your favorite cuss word? Probably fuck. <laughs> I hate that clip so much. The clip is so wonderful. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh, fuck had... Fuck has such a great utility to it. You can use it in almost any situation. It's pretty much the most ambiguous word in the English language. Yeah. Like, what, is, what does it even fucking mean? You know what I mean? Fuck, I don't know. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> He's cringing at everyone right now. <laughs> yeah, he is. Justin's like, these fucking degenerates. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sucks for him. Stock market's crashed. He's broke. He's broke. No, it's tied up in the railroads, remember? Oh, that's right. I hate that I remember that. I don't know. Now they have a body business pillow going. Oh, body yeah. Body pillow business. That, that's all on you, by the way. You started that, that shit. Is absolutely that's true. I like I and honestly, it's definitely you. I like oh. and honestly don't like how... It's like, if you join our podcast just right now, episode 68, we give you a lot of stuff. It's like, what are they talking about? And it's like, you got to go back and you got to get the full story. You got to start at episode one because we make callbacks from those days. It's true. We go, we go full on toaster bath. We do go on. Mm. That's yep. the thing that happens. Uh, <sighs> speaking of which, you guys remember how I said I don't like fish? Yeah. Like to eat fish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not I'm not a big fan. Uh, but yeah. Well, I, I think I've uh, changed my mind ever so slightly. Oh, okay. I I mean, I've always maintained that I like salmon, but like, let me put it to you this way: I don't hate fish, but I would choose almost anything else over fish. I was about to say that sentence was like, I don't hate fish, but I would rather die than <laughs> <laughs> I just whenever whenever it comes up, like, I have to be in a very, very specific mood in order to order seafood. Yeah. And it's definitely never like, like, I'll order fish, but I will never ever order like fucking shrimp or lobster. Yeah, that was crab. my next question. Just to recover that base, because I couldn't remember if you enjoyed the shellfish or not. Yeah. See, that's no. the only kind of seafood I actually like. I really, I really don't care for fish all that much. I feel like food. we rehash this every time. Your feelings on sushi, the both of you? Oh, I love sushi. Sushi's yeah, delicious. Sushi's great. Okay. That's just weird to me, right? Because it's got fish or crab. Or imitation crab. Or imitation crab, which is more Most often than not what you're eating. Yeah. Yep. But do you not find it a little fascinating that you'll eat raw fish wrapped up in rice, but you really don't like it any other way? Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, is I think that it's prepared. Like, like you've got the rice, you've got the seaweed wrapper, you know, and then there's always like like little bits in there. Like they, they stuff it with like cucumber and avocado and avocado. Yeah. And then they'll like, like I like the the like the spicy salmon roll. That's yeah. like probably my favorite. And they put that like, th I've seen it done two ways where they'll either put like the kind of like spicy mayo uh, type right. thing on it, or like they'll actually make like the fish into like a spicy almost like paste. I, I've seen it done. Both oh ways. yeah yeah yeah. I know what you're talking and, about. And it's, both uh, ways I like it. I think I saw both today at Sushi Wednesday over at Publix. And oh, maybe Kroger. Yeah. 
I had mine today. That's why I was kind of wondering because I fucking love it. I try and go every Wednesday. Um, but it's just cool to me. Well, not necessarily cool, but fascinating that we don't really like, let's just say like a, a cooked tilapia, but we'll go and eat some raw fish. That's yeah, it's a wild, it's a wild concept. What can I say? I'm a caveman. I'll eat shellfish over all of it, though. You're a mm. bougie-ass caveman because you like your fucking raw fish prepared on a nice platter of sushi, <laughs> like rice and seaweed and avocado. I'm a... I'm an Asian caveman. There we go. Mm. They had to have learned it somewhere, man. This is That's true. true. I would like to. I would like to know the inception of sushi. Who is the first person that said this is the way to do it, dude? <laughs> I think about that kind of shit all the time. Like yeah. who? Who was the first person who was like, "Let me make this milk really cold, and then I'll churn it and I'll put sugar in there." And maybe I'll throw in some of these vanilla beans. Fuck it. I bet that tastes real good. And then you have vanilla ice cream. Like, who the fuck thought of that? Or fucking letting it coagulate and make goddamn cheese. Right? Like, Like who thought, I bet that would taste really good if we let it sit out for days on end. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm sure we all know what the man who figured out what milking a cow does was trying to do in the first place. Because I don't think it was milking the cow. <laughs> I have no he couldn't comment. Have found, he couldn't have just figured that shit out and knew it would work. <laughs> he was like, hmm, this looks like a dick. Let me milk it. Well, he was just whole. You know, I'm hoping that he saw the baby cow and he's like, I wonder what this tastes like. <laughs> no. I don't think That's what. No. Can we let it happen? Like, <laughs> oh, God. Can we start? You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. We're going to be combining a couple of our favorite topics of conversation into one. What? <laughs> what the fuck? I didn't change this intro at all from last week. Oh, and you just let it I didn't even notice. Oh, man. So I'm like, yeah, our favorite topics, video games and the LGBT community. Oh, Lord Christ. Uh, That's some good stuff. Not that, like, talking about LGBTQ isn't, like, you know, a favorite topic or what. Uh, Anyway, shot myself in the foot. Anyway, um, we do have a fantastic topic of the show today. We're also going to talk about the media we've consumed, the games we've played, and of course, our regularly scheduled picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan Disorderly Conduct Martin and Austin Misordered Product Stevens. <laughs> what are you, what are you doing with these with these names? Why do I always get the bad nickname? <laughs> Would you not say disorderly conduct is the bad name? 
I would definitely say that. Uh, yeah. Sure. Okay. See, all you did, you made a simple mistake. You just ordered some wrong product. It's, it's like people would be like, oh, man, it's okay. You know, mistakes happen. But me, I get scolded. I have disorderly conduct. People are like, you need to calm down. <laughs> you I mean? might even go to jail. I could. This is true. But between the two of us, you look like you'd be the one to go to prison. <laughs> what the Ooh. fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't look like I belong in prison. <laughs> I think that you look like you belong in prison more than Austin or I. <laughs> Nothing. See, I feel like you belong in prison, but it's like you're the seasoned vet who's been there for like 15 years and you're running the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got there before everybody else got there. So, like, I don't have tattoos, but I'm like the highest ranking member of like the prison. Right. Gotcha. Also, we let's. Are you saying that because we have tattoos, we're more inclined to be in prison? Uh, duh. Oh. Yeah. Ha- haven't you ever listened to the media? I was just more like, like Austin, like when I look in his eyes, they're just hollow. Like he could kill someone. And not do anything. I mean, that's true. <laughs> I was just about to say, is that true, Austin? Could you just kill anyone? I don't know, man. I've never tried it. Maybe I'll have to. Go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I've never tried it. <sighs> Dylan is the reason for my villain origin story. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh man! I spurred those thoughts in me. I didn't know I had. I'm sorry. Speaking of uh, of villain origin stories, Dylan, yeah, you watched the Forever Purge. Oh. Wait, hang on. That's not the. Damn it! I'm thinking of the first Purge. This is the newest sequel to the Purge, right? Yeah. Yeah, I messed that transition up real hard. That's still fine because it's it's not fine. This movie sucked, right. dude. This movie sucked so bad. Damn. Damn, really? We watched it last night. I love The Purge. I love... Dude, I'll take all four of them. Like, I liked The Purge. I liked Anarchy, Election Year, and The First Purge. All those movies are fine. Have no problem with it. I don't know why it took five movies for me to be like, it's just more of the same shit. Like, it did not feel... Original at all, man. And it's like, it's just rehashing the same old concept of like, I, I guess just like racism and white nationalism, which is fine. Like they try to sprinkle some modern issues in there to make it seem new, but it's like, it's the same shit we've been dealing with for the past five mm-hmm. movies. And it wasn't good. Like there's like the acting was piss poor. It's, it just felt like, I think Sabrina might've enjoyed it. But the whole time we're watching it, I'm like, no, like there's, it's just bad. Like I, the best part of this movie was, uh, Will Patton. Mm-hmm. Um, for the time that he was there, I enjoyed him in it. And it's like everyone else. It's just like, K. Like I, I, I watched an hour and a half of, like I had to force myself to sit through it. It's like, I, I really enjoy the first four, but this one, it's like, it just it tries to do things on a bigger scale. Like the purge is, you know, the, the siren starts at night and then it, it's 12 hours of nonstop brutality. And then the, the, the fucking alarm goes again in the morning and you know, there he is. The purge is over. Like we're all happy. We got all our killing out for the night. And then it's like, they just some, I guess it was like this planned 
thing amongst whomever. Like they never really elaborate on how this nationwide forever purge was going like how it how it was orchestrated right they never elaborated on that it's just all of a sudden more crimes start happening like after the buzzer goes off or whatever it's like oh now people are killing motherfuckers in broad daylight and like the first scene where we're about to see some true brutality like in daylight like one of the main chicks uh she gets captured in this real i will give it this it was a really well orchestrated trap I enjoyed it because I would probably be the same one to fall for said trap and die. But like she gets caught in this trap and then this dude in a bunny mask comes up and he's like, this is the forever purge. And I'm like, there it is. That's that's the (laughs) name of the movie. But it's like they had this concept, which could have been cool. And then it's just like, they keep saying it. This is the forever purge, like all throughout the movie, but they don't explain like how it got orchestrated. There is no like, starting member that just I guess just like I said kind of orchestrated came up with it like they never elaborate on it and then there's like a I guess like a main villain that comes like three quarters of the way through the movie like he had no connection with any of this but now like at some point three quarters of the way through the movie his his little white supremacist wife gets murdered by one of the main characters and he, now he's he's the big bad that we got to worry about it's just all over the fucking place and it's just like by the end of it it's like they escape to mexico which mexico is now the safe place and i see what they're trying to do but it's like fucking so rushed and just so monotonous and boring and I was so tired by the end of it. I was like, this is the first one I've seen in the entire series that I just don't care about. And I thought the fifth film, this one was supposed to be the final film. It's not. This just sets up fucking a worldwide purge, I guess. Like the world's now looking at America and, you know, it's condescending because, oh, my God, they're erupting into chaos. And then the ending shot is a overhead view of America and there's fires all over the place. It's whatever. And it's, it, it's given you the notion that it's not just going to stop here. Like Canada and Mexico's borders are closed off, but people are trying to go through. And it's like, okay, now we're going to a worldwide scale. It's like, God, it felt like the one movie I chose to watch and it's fucking atrocious. Like I can't, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> I do not recommend it. I was doing a little, um, digging i guess into what's coming next and i think the worldwide uh worldwide scale is what they're doing but i'm trying to make sure i got the right name here yeah i think i read that the next movie is going to go back to frank grillo's storyline from the first or it was from anarchy the the second one yeah yeah the second and third movies which is cool because i liked his story um i liked him as a character but it just this one was like fucking you could probably skip this movie and then go right into the next one and you would be perfectly fine. Like this is like a speed bump along the way. I don't know. Um, do not recommend. Wonderful. So, um, (laughs) I should have watched it. Sabrina was like, you want to watch demon slayer? I was like, let's watch a movie. And we were just scrolling through and I was like, Hey, cool. It's the new purge that we've not seen. I wish I hadn't. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. So um, I have a couple of questions about this. All right. So the first one is 
Um, I I guess you're right because I'm reading it now that um, uh, Jason Blum wants to make more and that he's trying to convince the uh, the creator of the series to um, continue writing them. Um, but I wanted to know. Uh, so first things first. Do you know what this dude's first script was? No, I don't think so. Jack. Jack? Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen that movie? It's Robin Williams as a grown oh, man shit. playing a child. That's crazy. Yep. I, I know what it is. It's been fucking how many years since I've seen it, though? Uh, I mean, forever. It was released in 96, so I mean... Right. <laughs> so before Austin was born. Exactly. Holy shit. Hang on. Was it before Austin was born? Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. You are such a baby. Born in 97. Yeah. It was That's amazing. Oh, uh, wow. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. I just found that out, and that's hilarious to me. But, um... My next question was, um, did you, ha- have you looked into kind of like the, um, the, like the box office stuff for this? Uh, no. Okay. Especially not for the, the newest one because it came out, it was, it was supposed to come out in 2020, but then the whole fucking pandemic happened and it was pushed back to last year, 2021. Yeah. Um, and I, I did not look at any of the metrics for it. Okay. So I was going through and I was looking at these things and all of them, except for the forever purge have grossed. Oh, and the first one actually, um, have grossed over a hundred million dollars, which is, uh, I mean, by like, by modern standards, when you factor in like Marvel movies and shit like that is kind of low, but like, the first movie had a budget of three million dollars and made nearly ninety million, and it was fucking and, great. And, yeah, I like that first movie a lot. But even this one had a budget of eighteen million and fucking made seventy-seven million. So they're still profitable. Like they're still stupidly profitable. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I thought that, that was weird. And the only other question I wanted to ask is, and then, again, this is something that I just found out, but did you know that this is based on a Star Trek episode? Uh, no. no. I'm yeah. trying to correlate how that works. <laughs> the whole the whole thing is based on an episode called The Return of the Archons, where um, they're on a seemingly peaceful planet whose inhabitants are, quote, of the body, uh, and is controlled by an unseen ruler and enjoy a night of violence during festival. What the fuck? I would rather watch that probably. <laughs> it was just, dude, I found myself asking, I, I, I was lit out loud saying what the fuck so many times throughout the movie. Like it makes no sense half the time. Like, and just stupid decisions like, oh, I, I can just keep going, dude. Last thing, last like little bit of just to show you what, cause it's just stupid, right? Like 
the main family gets captured like purge over morning like it's it's over but now we're in the forever purge and like the main family gets captured and they're all lined up outside on their knees so now they're they're the ranchers they have it's a fucking horse farm whatever so the two um protagonists whatever they roll up and they start hearing gunshots go off because they're like rooting tooting shooting up in the air like oh this is a revolution blah 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 so the two main characters hear this going on and they're like, Oh, what the hell's happening? You know, they go and they peek around the corner and now they see the family lined up on their knees and everyone's got guns pointed at their head. Like it's execution style about to go down. Mm -hmm. And then one of the two guys is like, all right, we, we can go get these guns and the family. I mean, at least this makes sense. It's a Texan family. So we got guns in a locker right in the garage right here. So they, they get their uh, ARs and they're loaded up and they're fully auto or whatever. And then they go back to where they can see the enemies. And now we just fucking wait. We don't do anything. We wait and we listen. And in the time that this is happening, they had a perfect position. They had a perfect opportunity to open up, kill all the bad guys. It would have been fine. But we have to wait until one of the main family members dies. And it's like, oh, shit, we should start shooting. Like, shut the fuck up. That's not what would have happened at all. <laughs> it was just so bad. And it's like bad decision after bad decision. It's like, what is happening? It was bad. Well, good. I'm glad that uh, you... Sounds rough. Yeah. I, I, I chose to watch a movie, and this is what happens. <laughs> that never watching a fucking movie. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Hmm. All right. Well, um, you hated a thing. But, I did. Uh, Austin, yeah. Austin loves my hero manga. We do. So, so tell me all about it. <clears throat> yeah, um, this will probably be. I probably won't uh, bring the series up again until it finishes, because uh, it is right around the corner of finishing. But I did uh, just want to talk about it because I have recently reread. Uh, well, since we've recorded last week, I've reread the entire manga. Um, I think right now it's at like 355 chapters. Um, I had already read from probably about halfway to being completely caught up because I just, uh, back when season four was airing, I think in 2020, uh, I finished watching season four and then I was like, fuck, I don't want to wait. I'm just going to read the manga and catch up with it. Uh, but I recently went back and read all of it and I realized how many differences are kind of there between the anime and the manga. Uh, but I like th this story has me literally in tears once a week as each chapter is releasing. Uh, I have grown very, very fond of this series, and I'm really, really sad to like know that its conclusion is coming. Uh, especially with the author state going on record stating that he has no plans to continue it. Uh, in fact, he wants to completely switch genres and try his hand at horror manga. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he'll fail and he'll eventually come back and do a My Hero spinoff. That's usually what happens with shonen writers. Um, but the biggest reason I wanted to talk about My Hero is because I have a pretty hot anime take, or at least what I've been told is a hot anime take, and I think My Hero has the best character development in almost all of shonen, uh, with one character in specific uh, being one of the lead characters. His name is Kotsky Bakugo. His whole thing is he fucking... Uh, his whole quirk is that he, the sweat that emits from his body isn't like regular sweat. It's actually nitro, like nitroglycerin. And he can use that to cause explosions out of the palm of his hands and anywhere else his body fucking sweats. 
And he starts off the series being like really egotistical and just kind of being full of himself and being a fucking dickhead to everybody when they're only really trying to be friends with him. But his whole thing is he wants to be the number one hero and he knows that he can do that because he has a quirk that he considers to be better than everybody else's around him. And he kind of goes through most of the story feeling like even the people who are his supposed to be his closest friends are still kind of beneath him. Uh, and he gets a shit humbled really quickly uh, about halfway through the plot when he realizes that he it's not all about him and being a hero isn't being all about yourself but but uh, caring more about the people around you and 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 wanting to focus and prioritizing saving people over just beating up villains which is essentially all he's ever really wanted to do and towards the end of the manga to where we're at now, he kind of has this moment with the main character, Deku, who is somebody that he relentlessly shits on throughout the entirety of the series. And he realizes that everything that's going on in this world that like when you, when you get towards the end of the series, society is crumbling like villains have completely taken over. Uh, all the heroes that haven't been killed are now retiring because they're like, we can't do this. We can't fight against evil like this and just pretend like we're fine. And with a world with so many heroes, he he he's realizing that he has to be better than he was before. And I think that that's really fucking awesome. And I think it's some of the best character development that Shonen has had, maybe not ever, but in a really long fucking time. Awesome. <clears throat> So, um, when is it supposed to end? Um, he wants to end it this year. Uh, he said it's going to end this year. The, the manga itself is pretty much in, like, the big final fight of the final arc. So, I don't know how many more chapters are going to come, but I wouldn't... I, I would honestly... I could see it be done, being over by, like, October or November, maybe. It just kind of depends. They they have a schedule of once a week, but as this final fight is uh, coming in full swing, he's taking more time in between each chapter. Like, uh, the last two chapters we got, we got a week from each other, but then the two chapters were f before that were two weeks from each other. So he, he's kind of taking uh, uh, unspecified breaks in between each chapter just to make sure that it's every the ending is going to be everything that he wants it to be. Okay. Which is good. That's better than him just, you know, rushing them out once a week and just being fucking done with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I was just looking at this. Um, so it's up to chapter 355. Is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And you said it's going into its final arc. Yeah. It is in the final arc. Oh, okay. Okay. It's Damn. in the. It's pretty much in the in the final fight of the series. Everything's kind of shaping up to to end very, very fucking soon, and I'm very devastated about that. I don't think I'm ready to say goodbye to the series yet. Yeah, well, I mean, all good things must come to an end, right? This is very true. Like One Piece. Like oh yeah, that's, you know, I was looking <clears throat> at um, at shit when you told me about that, mm -hmm. and. That's, I genuinely, the, I mean, I've never read, right? But mm. like, this series has been going on since 1997. 1997, oh. dude. Like, what the shit? Um, to say he's finally, like, he's ready to move on from it is pretty fucking wild. 
Yeah, I just I straight up did not think that like this series was ending anytime soon. Mm-mm, I don't think. And it. then all of a sudden, it's just like, yep, calling it quits, guys. Like, fuck, man. <laughs> But, yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting I wonder what's going to happen. Like, I'm really curious, especially with, like, the actual magazine itself. I'm really curious to see what what else happens with Shonen Jump, because, like, all of their heavy hitters are ending or have ended. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Some of their best sellers are either over or are close to being done. Yeah, yeah. I was literally watching a video a couple of weeks ago about, like, it was like the state of Shonen Jump 2022 or whatever. And One Piece had kind of fallen in the ranks uh, over the past two years uh, because of how just insanely popular Demon Slayer got. Um, and the thing is, is Demon Slayer is done. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm fairly positive. I, I feel like I remember l- it being said in the... Um, in the video I was watching that Jujutsu Kaisen is supposed to be ending relatively soon. Like the creator was like, I have this many, uh, like, like I have this all planned out. This is how many chapters I think that it's going to take to tell. And like, it's supposed to be ending relatively soon. And I'm like, Jujutsu Kaisen was your best seller last year. Demon Slayer was number two and one pace was number three. Demon Slayer's gone. There's no new issues coming out. It's it's done. One Piece is going into its final arc. And then Jujutsu Kaisen could potentially be ending. Like, what the fuck are they going to do? Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen a lot of people, like, wonder if any of these series are going to get any type of, like, sequels or continuations. Like, uh, to my knowledge, Boruto came out almost relatively quickly after Naruto had finished. Um, and so a lot of people are like, oh, are some of these going to get sequels? But then you have the cases of Demon Slayer. I'm not going to, like, spoil the ending because Dylan's obviously watching it. And I know that there are, like, the anime has only reached, like, the second the second or third real arc of the story. Uh, but Demon Slayer leaves nothing to continue off of. Like, it leaves no doors for a sequel at fucking all in any capacity. So it's I I just I want to know what are gonna fill some of these open or well now open spaces. Yeah, it's kind of fucking crazy to think about, really. Um, I did one of the videos I was watching on this <clears throat> was saying that like the um what's the uh the kind of digital version that they've is it Jump Plus is that what it's called? I have no idea. I'm okay. About that. There's uh, it sounds they've right. they've uh yeah, yeah, there it is. Shonen Jump Plus um came out in uh 2014. This is what this Wikipedia article says. But a lot of the the titles that have kind of gotten big on there uh are like Chainsaw Man mm. and um there was another one that I was uh, I'm blanking on the name, but like they are getting like um, like bigger and more popular. And that if you actually take into account like the number of like volumes read on that, that some of those digital ones are actually what's keeping mm-hmm. uh, Shonen afloat, which is, I think, really kind of cool. Mm hmm. 
and there is like there's there's definitely more stuff coming that I think a lot of people are excited about. Um, like I know this year they're supposed to uh, this year uh, Chainsaw Man Part Two is supposed mm-hmm. to start serializa- serialization, and uh, JoJo Part Nine is also set to start serialization this year. Nice. Okay. So there's definitely more stuff coming. It's just. Man, it's gonna be weird, like not seeing hype for these shows anymore, or yeah. really seeing, or like people going to not talking about them because they're just not being aired or serialized anymore. Yeah, I kind of feel. Uh, I mean, we we can you know move on in just a second because I know we've spent some time, but like I'm really interested to see like a lot of Shonen Jump manga like whether it be actual like shonen titles or not because you know there, there's things on there that aren't yeah necessarily like actual like shonen you know mm-hmm. um but like i would be interested to see like if they're going to pick up on some of these digital titles to produce into anime because the the magazine's kind of like you know I don't say is I don't want to say it's going to the wayside, but it is definitely like, I mean, the people who are reading Shonen Jump like the physical magazine, I think, are a different audience now than oh, what yeah. has been for the past, I don't know, fifteen years. Oh, you know, sure. So, I don't know. It's interesting now you to can think just about. Find everything online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you sure. Know, it's different from back in the day. Where the best time, the best chances that we had to get new chapters of current running manga was just going to your local Kroger and buying a copy of Shonen Jump once a once a month or however often they came out. I don't remember, uh, but I like that was something that I used to be really excited to to do and go pick up every Friday night was like that new copy of Shonen of uh, the Shonen magazine, and it's it's it is a much different audience. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Cool. Um, so uh, I watched Our Flag Means Death. So this is a new HBO uh, Max original, actually. I th- I'm pretty sure. Let me just check that. I, it's on HBO Max for sure, but I don't know if it's um, uh, a Max original. Our Flag Means Death. It is. Okay. So, um, yeah, so this is uh, set in the early 18th century. It's during the golden age of piracy. Um, So, you know, you have big, like, names floated about in here. And it's actually supposed to be based uh, upon the life of an actual person named Steed Bonnet, uh, who was known as the Gentleman Pirate. Um I am not really all that familiar with pirate lore other than like, I know that Blackbeard was a, was a person. Um, and I think maybe Redbeard was too. I don't fucking know. Anyway. Uh, but it's, uh, executive produced and starring, uh, Taika Waititi. Um, and I really fucking loved this season of a show. I have wanted to, I think, kind of save my thoughts on certain things until I had uh, finished a series or whatever when I'm talking about them so I can kind of, like, 
take a big picture look at at how everything works but like i i want to talk about this because it is just so like fun and really really sweet i i think at the at the end of the day like the thing that i would take like if, if i wanted to tell people about this show i would be like it's ted lasso but with pirates it is just at its core a very very sweet show about a bunch of little gay boy pirates and it is so precious i i have fallen really really deeply in love with this show um but it follows steve bonnet and his kind of like ragtag crew of uh i mean pirates and their various misadventures it's very very funny and a lot of the writing is really i don't want to say subtle but it's very like um there are uh, until until it gets kind of close to the end it is very like not on the nose and very like um organic that that's probably the best way to put it like everything that happens between steed and um blackbeard who is kind of like what the whole show is kind of based around is is their relationship it just feels very organic and like you pick up on these little things here and there and it becomes like a like oh wow this is really fucking cute like this is really like i'm latching onto these characters and and, like one of the things that really kind of drew me in is like the first episode is really kind of all about steed and then there are like about two or so episodes where it's kind of like misadventures or whatever and like then on that like third or fourth episode it kind of has a backstory for um another one of the characters and then there's like a couple more episodes with misadventures and then there's another episode that features pretty heavily like some backstory for these characters so like they all kind of get fleshed out in different ways and I was like really intrigued by that because I don't think that you necessarily need to show everything um, or even tell everything when it comes to um, like how characters present present themselves and like why they are the way that they are. Because I kind of think that sometimes that gets a little bit annoying. Like, Joker isn't the Joker because he had one bad day. Joker's the Joker because he's the fucking Joker. You know what I mean? And, like, Cruella DeVille doesn't need a fucking backstory. She's just an evil character. It's fine to have just evil characters. But, like, in this, none of the characters are really evil. So, like, I liked getting those kind of, like, backstories behind everyone. I liked looking and seeing, like, what was going on and... It was just not only fun to watch, but I, I mean, I, I got to keep coming back to this. It was very sweet. This is a show that like really cares about its characters and wants you to also. And I don't know. I latched on. I thought it was great. And um, 
it just got renewed for season two, and I'm very excited about that. So, uh, yeah, if you can, go watch this show. It's very funny. It's very heartwarming. It's very good. Yeah, after we talked about it, that was it definitely got put on my to-watch list, and that's what I was going to watch last night until we wanted to sit down and watch something together. Um, but... It sounds good. I've always loved pirates. I love Taika. You guys were just having a great conversation about him earlier in the Discord. Um, but no, I'm excited for this. Yeah, it's on me and Madison's list too. It's very good. Very good. Um, there's one thing that I, I did want to bring up, and I was going to bring it up later, but it, I think I can go ahead and bring it up now. I really think that w- one of the things that this show does really well uh, is it actively shows you a gay relationship not a lesbian not a bisexual like nothing like that it's like a gay relationship and it totally fucking normalizes that and like there's a lot of like quote unquote gay characters out there but the thing is like these gay characters are really more like for lack of a better word they're they're teases Mm-hmm. they're never overtly gay mm-hmm. and like even I mean to an extent like Steed you you can see things where like he might not be gay sort of thing but like he very much by the end of the of the first season like he wants a gay relationship and like I I don't know I think that that's really sweet like you never really see two men featured in a gay relationship like there are movies out there you know like there's uh fucking call me by your name and like there are things out there for sure but like it is so underseen compared to the other stuff like you see lesbian relationships in media all the time like i have never seen something really quite like this and I think that it's I think that it's very special. Fuck you. Yeah. And actively features actors who are indeed gay. Oh yeah. Which when I you, love. When you told me that Hodor was gay, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah. Good stuff. Good, Super good awesome. stuff. Uh all right. So um Austin. Yeah. To kind of lead into our topic just a little bit. Uh, you had some anime slash manga that you wanted to talk about that uh, kind of had the LGBT uh, inclusion, right? So yeah, go ahead, take take so, it away. <clears throat> uh, the cool thing about any anime or manga in general uh, being even remotely uh, inclusive to the LGBT community is Japan is not really one of the countries that's on the same page with everybody else uh, as far as uh, LG uh, as far as uh, gay representation goes uh, it's not like I don't know how to describe it but they're not as comfortable with it as maybe the US would be and and other uh, countries like that it's not so heavily accepted um, so it is really cool when a manga or an anime does come out and it and it does feature those characters because now more people in Japan who might be scared to be themselves have another per, another figure to kind of relate to. 
Um, and so I found five that I think do a really good job. I didn't want to grab anime that have gay characters just for the sake of having gay characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to find anime where their sexualities are actually explored to an ex- at least to some degree. Uh, all of the animes here are animes that have been talked about on the show before. Uh, one of the first ones that really came to my mind was Attack on Titan. Uh, the plot thread between Historia and Ymir uh, being a lesbian couple was a very big factor in both of their characters towards the end of season three. Um, even with Historia in season four, now knowing that Ymir is dead, she kind of feels hopeless. She doesn't love anybody else. You know, she doesn't want the normal relationship that she knows as a queen she should probably have. She wanted that relationship with Ymir and she couldn't have it. And it kind of destroyed her for the rest of the series. Um, another big one was one of my favorite anime villains of all time, being fucking Dio Brando from JoJo. Uh, his his sexuality doesn't really matter until after he's dead. Uh, in part six, the main villain of part six being a, uh, a, to some form or degree, a romantic lover of Dio and showing another side of Dio that we didn't previously know up until part six, all the lovers of Dio, or really, I guess, part five, all the lovers of Dio, we just thought Dio got his use out of them and killed them off. But then we realized that there were two that he let live. Uh, a woman that birthed his son, who became the protagonist of part five, being Giorno, and uh, Reverend Pucci, who ends up playing a big factor in part six. Uh, I don't know that I pronounced that name right. I haven't watched enough of the anime to the point where he's introduced. I have just read the manga, so I don't know if I pronounced that right. Um but it was cool to see another factor of Dio that we hadn't seen yet before. Um, <clears throat> the next big one is one of one that I think does a fantastic job and has so many different characters that could have been talked about here would be My Hero with Himiko Toga. She is a, uh, a young woman who uh, has aligned herself with the League of Villains because she just has psychotic tendencies, but it ends up going a lot deeper than that. Um, She became evil because she was born with a quirk that was labeled as wrong or evil. Her quirk was uh, she is able to transform into somebody by ingesting their blood, and the amount of time that she can hold that form is dependent on the amount of blood that she drank. Um, And it took a lot of people for surprise when she was introduced because she kind of immediately latched on to the main character, Deku, And everyone's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. She's in love and psychotic. And she has this whole thing where she loves people so much that she feels like she has to kill them and she wants to become that person, which is where her quirk comes into play. Um, But then the main female lead, Ochako, she ends up having a thing with Ochako. And that then their relationship is further explored much more than her and Deku. And it's 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 very it's a very weird take, but it is still kind of appreciated. Um my hero also has a couple of other examples uh, with most pro- with the two most prominent being uh, a hero named Tiger and a villain named Big Sis Mag being transgender characters. Uh, I will say that while looking for animes to talk about in this, very, 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 very fucking few did I ever find have any transgender transgender characters. My hero was one of the very few that didn't just have one, but it had two very prominent characters. Um. The next one being my favorite anime of all time, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, with the introduction of Kaoru and his uh, expression of love for Shinji. Shinji, up until the point of the story where Kaoru was introduced, 
he never really felt love from anybody. He wanted to feel that, which is why he developed a weird pedophilia, almost pedophilia kind of relationship with Misato that isn't really further explored until the end. Um, he has a weird relationship with Asuka where I feel like they both kind of cared about each other, but Asuka just was kind of a bitch. Like, she just couldn't help it. She was just kind of a bitch uh, through all the stuff that she went through. And, like, it's really weird for, like, to see other Ava fans because they're like, oh, uh, you, there's the same argument with every anime over wh when it ends, what characters should have ended up with who, and there aren't a lot of people that say Shinji and Kaoru when, at the end of the day, it's kind of the only healthy option this motherfucker was given this entire time. Um, he was a kid who felt very broken and never felt love from anybody, and then Kaoru walks into his life and gives him that love that he always wanted. Um, and then Ava does a very Ava thing and kills Kaoru off at the end of the very same episode he's introduced. Uh, so it's very short-lived, but he does get a much bigger plot in the movie. Um, but that one, that that's probably one of my favorite examples. And then uh, the last one is Skate the Infinity. Um, this show has not been officially by its author declared a gay romance, but this show is very fucking much a gay romance. <laughs> um, the main, uh, the whole plot is there's a character named Longa and a character named Rinky. Uh, Longa moves back to Japan after living in uh, Canada and kind of, he was a big snowboarder over there. Runs into uh, Renki. Renki teaches him uh, all about skateboarding and transitioning from snowboarding to skateboarding to kind of compete in, like, this underground skate circuit. And along the way, Longa starts to develop really hard feelings for Renki. And at, as of this point, I think we're still waiting on a season two. Um, but as of this point, we we aren't sure if those feelings are one-sided or not. And I'm, I'm kind of scared to watch season two because I don't want those feelings to be one-sided. I want this to end as a happy gay romance. Um, so I'm very excited to see that. But all of these shows are great, and they do a really uh, super, super good job at LGBT inclusion. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is Definitely. a much larger list than I thought there would be, to be quite honest. Because, like you said, the Japanese culture isn't too um, understanding yet. Yeah, accepting, yeah. understanding. Um, that's a fucking large list. I thought you'd have like three. Dude, one of the biggest, I didn't put it here, but one of the biggest ones that a lot of people overlook due to censorship is Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon had a lot of gay shit going on. Oh, yeah, a for lot. sure. And it got so heavy. Like, there were two characters in Sailor Moon who were both Sailor Scouts, and they were a lesbian couple, but when the show was being localized in the late 90s, uh, they decided to scrub any—they uh, decided to kind of take that title away and make those two characters cousins because they were seen so much together, but they didn't want them to portray a lesbian couple, so they went with the assumption in the English dub that they were cousins, but that makes a lot of scenes between them really fucking uncomfortable in that context. And kind of, and like, in my opinion, incest is a lot fucking worse than homosexuality. So I'm not really sure what the fuck they were going for there. <laughs> you and everybody else. Well, I say everybody else, but that's not, it's not actually true. There's like eight prominent characters in Sailor Moon that all identify under the LGBT at some point, like at, in some fucking way. And that's kind of nuts. That it that just got scrubbed nuts. that hard for American audiences. Fucking weird, the type of shit we let kids watch and, like, decide kids shouldn't watch. It's very strange. 
Like, they were censoring shit like that, but then you had shit like Courage the Cowardly Dog on Cartoon Network. Like, how was that any fucking better? How was that shit not nightmares for fucking kids? Yeah, I still think about some of those episodes from Courage. I can't even lie. Some of those fucked me up, man. Like, it's a fucking meme at this point, but, like, the Return the Slab episode, that shit scared the fuck out of me. That's That's the one that I think of first. And then the one with, like, the floating head in the basement. Do you remember that one? I'm just freaking... Actually, yes, I do. But that return the slab, I can't get that pig. Like, I can just perfectly imagine his face. There was a there was a, a Poltergeist parody episode, too, wasn't there? I don't fucking know. I think there was one got, where, like, Muriel gets shit. possessed and, like, her head starts turning 360. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She fucking throws up all over the place. Yeah, room. it's an like, exorcist thing because she does... She Her skin turns green, too, I think, or something like that. Oh, exorcist. That's what it was. Yeah. I was such a say. fucking weird show. I know Josh was over there starting to go Super Saiyan. I could feel it. Fucking cringing my <laughs> goddamn head off. His rage was fucking building. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, let's uh, let's get into our topic. It's uh, it's that time of year again, you know, where companies decide that they're going to pander to their LGBTQ. Oh, LGBTQ audience by making their logos rainbow and trying to sell them products. So, <laughs> um, I only joke a little bit. That is 100% accurate. That is. No, they all do that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it seriously is. It's Pride Month, and we thought that there would be no better way to celebrate the community than, than by. I can't talk right now. Uh, by running some through some of the best or our favorite, not the best uh, examples of LGBTQ representation in gaming. So we're going to be talking uh, God damn taking. (laughs) Look at me not being able to read or talk. Um, We're going to be taking a look at some of our favorite gay, lesbian, bi, trans and queer characters in all of gaming. So um, who wants to go first? Who threw out this topic? See, this is my issue. Because I was waiting on you to say some smart shit like that. <laughs> Sounds like Dylan wants to go first. I went first last time. And I'm going to go first again this time. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But whatever the next topic is, I don't care <laughs> what the fuck the topic is. You are going first, no matter if I suggest it or not. Who? You are going first. D- who? <laughs> Me? I'm not talking to daddy like that. I can promise you that. Nobody talks to daddy like that. No one puts a baby in a corner. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, that's fine. I'll go first this time if you want. No, you've already... I can't go off on a tangent, and then you're just going to come in here like, oh, I'm the good guy. I'll go first. You can't do that. You've already put me in a spot. Okay, go ahead then. <laughs> Um, I actually did anticipate going first because I thought everyone else was going to be like, oh, it's your idea. You go first. Dylan, I want to start with you. Some shit like that. You know, the normal facade we put on. Uh, so my first choice. We have a facade. This whole entire show <laughs> is a facade. Well, You're you not also wrong. are the only one of the three of us that is in the community. So isn't this also a celebration of you? So should that is really go first? also not entirely correct, Austin. And you know it's not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. 
I mean, am I wrong? No, no, no. I don't know. Maybe. We, no one knows. Who knows? You're questioning. You're a part of the community if you're questioning. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. Lord. <clears throat> All right. But yes, so my first choice, I have my list a little a wonky. I'm not going to go and order off my list. I've been, I've been trying to think about that. But the first one, it's uh, super simple. It's Valkyrie from Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I like about Apex is that they don't explicitly say in some biography of the character that Valkyrie is lesbian or that Seer is pansexual, which shout out pansexuals, but they don't shout any, or they don't say any of this explicitly. You kind of learn about them through their dialogue. Um, you learn about them through like maybe some of the cutscenes that they show, like in introductions of new seasons and stuff like that. So <clears throat> it's really cool to learn about Valkyrie because you hear her have this, um, she has like this really flirty relationship with Loba, who is uh, also bisexual in the game. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's they they want you to learn about the character for who they are and what they say. It's like they're not plastering it like a billboard, you know, um, which is really cool. But just overall, Valkyrie, if you don't know who she is, she's uh one of the newer legends introduced. Her name is Kairi Imahara. Um. She's really sick. She's a recon class, and they they describe her as let me get this pulled up: bold, brash, fiery, and fierce. And she's all of that. Like she's super fun. And she, ever since she was a kid, like she looked up to her dad, which was uh, I think a Titan pilot. Um, and she always wanted to take to the skies. She has this really cool um, backstory video. If you wanted to ever look it up on YouTube, like you can learn pretty much about all of the legends through the animated shorts that they have and she has a really cool one that's animated uh super well in a very unique style and i just like that like even kind of the symbolism of that like she always wanted to take flight right she wanted to be free so love her love that there's so many um legends in the community from apex like fuse is i think fuse is pansexual seer is pansexual loba's bisexual valkyrie is lesbian uh gibraltar is gay so it's a game that is all about inclusivity it's not just for valkyrie but for everyone else so awesome yeah sick that is very cool um austin do you want to go next sure i can uh, the first one on my list that I'll throw out there is uh, Soldier 76 from Overwatch. Um, this one will be really quick because this sexuality isn't like... It wasn't... I don't think it was ever even directly mentioned in the games. I think the only time his sexuality is ever brought up is in a, uh, a comic book um, that is that kind of focuses on him and uh, Anna. And they're kind of talking and uh, kind of uh, talking about the the issue at hand. I don't remember the full details of the comic because it's been a little while since I've read it. Um, but one of the things that Soldier 76 brings up is a lover that he had to sacrifice his relationship with due to his line of work. I mean, he was a founding member of Overwatch. He, he was one of the first people to respond during a crisis. And he... You know, when you're kind of trying, when you're someone kind of trying to play the hero part, sometimes relationships just don't work. Sometimes you unfortunately just don't really have the time for that. And because of that, he had to leave uh, the love of his life behind. 
um, which we found out was a man, and that was uh, uh, that was a very big deal. A lot of fans were really fucking stoked about that. Um, of course, you know, you had your fucking toxic part of the fandom that was like, oh, this is fucking stupid. Nobody cares. Well, this isn't meant for you. Like, this isn't, this isn't, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't for you. So just shut the fuck up and pipe down for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was super, I was super stoked to, to see them implementing the lore or finally getting around to implementing the lore and actually giving some of these characters more detailed personalities. Hell yeah. Agreed. Ooh. Also with Tracer. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Tracer. I think there's yep. someone else too, isn't there? Could be. I, I knew Tracer was the big one. Mm-hmm. I think Tracer <laughs> was the one that was first revealed. Yeah. And then 76 was revealed after. But um, I'm just saying people didn't hate it as bad with Tracer as they did with Soldier 76. <laughs> <laughs> people weren't as fucking upset. All your fucking weird 3D porn got fucking realized in your head. <laughs> it was fucking mad. Uh, so you you guys have both brought up something. Uh, well, you guys have both brought up... Um, Overwatch, and I, I had a question for you guys because I actively tried to choose characters that I thought um, showcased uh, representation mm-hmm. um, in a uh, in a I I, I don't want to say thoughtful because I don't think thoughtful is the right word, but characters more fleshed out story type of way yeah yeah that's probably a good way to put it i like an ellie uh yeah yeah like an ellie or uh um you know any of the characters that that i have on my list but um i I, the question that i want to ask is i i kind of felt this way the other day when um behavior interactive uh brought um david up because they oh yeah made it clear or they they said david is a is a gay character and um and then after the fact uh it, it, let me okay so and that was after the fact like the same thing happened with um uh uh, Overwatch in 76 that we were just talking about. Um, 76 and Tracer. And I, I mean, for you, Dylan, uh, I wanted to ask you this because I mean, you are de facto like the, the person, I, I hate to put it that way, but like you are the person of this group that is kind of, you know, the, the representative uh, I mean, not to say that Austin can't, but like it, like if anyone were going to ask about like gay stuff, I would not be the person to ask. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, so my, my question is, d- does it bother you when characters f- come like out when they weren't like, did I'm trying to I think, think I of a way to, to say. yeah, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it, but like, like David, for instance, for me, I was like, you didn't create this character with being gay in mind. So like, 
like there's nothing about them explicitly that you th- you were like okay this is a gay character whatever you just mm-hmm. kind of created a character and then like later you were like oh yeah he's gay and like i feel like that's a very bad way to go about representation because it doesn't like obviously gayness isn't or, or, or you know, queerness or, or whatever isn't the defining factor for for a character. Somebody. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. It's somebody. Just uh, people in general. Right? But, um, like, it definitely is a big part of it. So, like, does it ever, like, when, when you're sitting there and, like, a character gets announced or something like that, does it bother you when it's, like, well they weren't gay before and now all of a sudden they're gay. Like does what I'm saying make sense? It does. And I saw the thing with David too. Um, it's like I'm torn, right? Because any type of inclusivity that opens people's eyes, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's like for sure. I think that's great. But if you're, I'm not saying behavior was or, you know, is, but if you're doing it to pander to an audience that's different, like if you're going to make someone after the fact, like essentially have this coming out, that, that should be a little more special because I feel like you should, you should understand how special that is for somebody actually. Yes. Like for me, it was... not easy um we live in a really shitty place unfortunately Mm -hmm. in the u.s we live in the south and it's not something that's smiled upon i think had my dad been alive for me to make that revelation i think that he himself would have had a problem with it i struggle with that thought a lot um but it got to this point where it's like it was it was really special for me to tell that to people. It was like me when it comes to being attracted to people, I don't see a gender. I'm not attracted to man, woman. I'm, I'm not attracted to gender. I'm just attracted to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I. That's really special for me to say because it's almost like a superpower. And it's like when I got to tell people that it was something. It felt like I I had this huge weight lifted off of me, and now. When when you're a company and you do this, you know, post fact of creating this character and it was never known before, it's like if you're gonna do it, at least make it, at least make it special and don't seem like you're pandering just because it's that time of the month or that time of the year, rather. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's something that really bothers me when it gets to June. Is like, bro, you guys don't like. It's cool and all, but, like, you guys don't give a fuck about the community until it becomes, like, something that is, I think, advantageous to you. Yeah. Like, you get to to sell products now to people who may not buy your products otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. It's a marketing scheme. It yeah. is, and it's like, Apex, I'm not saying that they are doing it. Because they're not. Like, I knew... They, they kind of release their characters the right way. Like, there's stories behind these characters. And like I, like I said, even if there wasn't, you hear a lot of their dialogue, right? You hear this, the dialogue between Valkyrie and Loba 
or even like Seer, who's pansexual, and Loba, who's bisexual. It's like you can hear this flirty relationship, and it's to me, it's really wholesome and sweet because it's like they're not just slapping you in the face with this character is gay. It's they're just letting it be almost. Yeah, for so, sure. I feel like I've almost forgotten what the question was in a sense, just because I kind of got derailed and started thinking about other things. But overall, when it comes to 76, when it comes to Tracer, that one's more neutral for me. But like David Cross existed before this announcement that he was gay. And it's yeah. like, it doesn't necessarily it's great that they have some kind of representation, but it's like maybe the next person that you create, maybe go into it with this thought of who they are. Like that's who they are. Let, let's mm-hmm. celebrate that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. And don't, and don't do it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. I, 100%. Uh, I a hundred percent agree with that. I personally don't feel like I'm in the position to say that I agree with that just because, you know, right. I mean, <laughs> But it's like you can have that opinion, and, and it's, I feel like it's valid. And j- just give some thought behind it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it'll like, just I, I don't care that doing it. Right. I don't care that these characters are from first-person shooters or whatever you want to consider Dead by Daylight. Like it's fine that they don't have some long, elaborate story because overall, like you can that that's their identity. That's that's who they are. That's who you made them to be. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine, um, but yeah, I I, I mean I'll, I'll keep saying the same thing. It's like just just don't add it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that was that was a, that was a long winded <laughs> sentiment. <laughs> no, no, I I think I mean I think we got to the point that we were trying to make. Um, okay, so my my characters. Uh, my, my first character is, uh, Dorothea from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, and part of the reason that I chose her is, I mean, just because of who she is, like Dorothea is one of the characters who, when I was playing my female Byleth, I was immediately drawn to and was like, I want a relationship with her. Um, I want to like... I, this is who I want. I want to. I want a lesbian relationship with this with this woman, and it was it was because of her personality, and I I fell in love with her like pretty much immediately. Like she was one of those characters that like was sweet, uh, but in a like not like. There's a there's a character uh, in in the game that a lot of people really love, uh, and I'm trying to remember her name. Um, ah, fuck. Which house was she in? Uh, she was in the uh, which which one is Edelgard? Black Eagle. Black Eagle. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was the the mousy girl. I, I don't remember her name. Oh, uh, fuck! It starts with a B. Bernetta, Bern- yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ber- Bernadette, like maybe. Yeah, something, something stupid like that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, 
the the reason that people love her is because she is so sweet and she's so innocent or whatever. But like Dorothea is like she has an affinity for singing because she's like a songstress or whatever. But like nothing about her like she's uh, Bernadette or Bernadetta or or whatever her name is is like mousy and Dorothea is really really not that she's like the complete opposite the exact she's, opposite yeah and she's immediately flirtatious with you uh and like i really fell in love with her as a character because she has these like hopes and ambitions and like she has these fears too like one of like wh- i think one of the first things you find out about her is that she wants to find someone uh because she thinks that her beauty and her voice are going to fade away and people are going to lose interest in her. And like, that's a very real fear. I think that a lot of people have like, I need to find someone now because later people might not be interested in me sort of thing. Uh, I have something to offer now, but I may not have something to offer in the future. And I think that that's like really compelling, but like, She's also very, like, blunt about, like, things. Like, she immediately expresses that she does not like Lorenz. Uh, and <laughs> rightfully so. I fucking... Lorenz is so weird. I, uh, he's, he's obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. And um, I also really like that she kind of, like, grew up as an orphan and has, like, this very deep concern for like the common folk and in particular she talks a lot about like orphan children and I don't know man like everything about Dorothea is just wonderful I I fell in love with her almost immediately and like she was like there were a couple of other ones that I was like it would be cool for me to have relationships with this person like uh, Petra I, I really liked Petra but I don't think you can actually romance her uh, Dorothea is the only female character that you can romance as female uh, by love really interesting mm-hmm. it is just her she is the only character in the entire cast uh, that's not true because you can romance Edelgard uh, I, yeah and Edelgard I guess but that's more because the plot kind of demanded it yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Dor- Dorothea, I just, I love her. I think that she's wonderful. And uh, she's also got a fucking awesome character design. I love her little, like, her little hat and her, like, yeah, she's long super hair. bad. She's cute. I love her. But anyway, uh, who's next? Uh, uh, I think it is I. <clears throat> yep. So, it was hard for me to nail down these three um i think i want to go with wainwright jacobs next so wainwright is from borderlands 3 and he has this really like as soon as we're introduced to him he's just as badass he's fighting off psychos who are trying to come into his mansion he's fucking blasting him out of the door with a shotgun like he's just this almost like colonial southern man like he has that drawl he's just the he's the traditional southern like gentleman almost you could say um and like the more you 
start i mean it's not even far into his dialogue like you can tell like this man has a love for sir hammerlock like this is who he uh is in a relationship with and like you're whole goal I think is to go and I think rescue Sir Hammerlock for him if I'm not mistaken um, but I, I love this because you don't see a lot of Josh kind of like what you were talking about it's like you don't see a lot of like truly like gay relationships when it comes to men because I mean for whatever reason to me I feel like in Hollywood and video games that's not profitable but the second you throw a lesbian couple on the screen it becomes profitable right yeah I so something I was thinking about sorry to not to cut you off no, but like one of the things I was thinking about and I was I was going to bring up in uh our flag means death but I I kind of forgot about it when I was talking but one of the things that I think that that show tackles really well and I think that it like actually kind of plays a pretty uh like i don't want to say significant role that that's like the word wrong word um but like it takes a very real look at like um the the overlap between like masculinity and what masculinity means in relation to like gay relationships and i don't think that it is quote unquote profitable for companies because people don't really see gay men as like masculine. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah, they have this preconceived notion of what a gay man is. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I don't, and it's completely not the case. Yeah. Um, I think there are absolutely some gay men who meet that stereotype, I guess you could say, but um, going back to like Wainwright and Sir Hammerlock, they're not like they don't hit what society thinks of when they think of the average gay man. Like these are just two normal men who have <clears throat> an incredible love for one another and their love is showcased so well. Um, so, so much so that a DLC spawned from this. I think it was called Guns, Love and Tentacles, I think was the DLC for uh, Borderlands 3, but it's essentially their marriage. And you just don't see that. Um, and I, I think... I can't think of another... Like, I guess, gay couple that have been fleshed out even remotely this well. Um, like, I know it was, you know, found out that Bill from The Last of Us was gay. But, like, even then you didn't really get the story that you get with Wayne Wright and Sir Hammerlock and it's borderland. It's goofy. It's fun, right? Like it's not anything too serious, but even with all of this hilarity surrounding the game, there's a very serious undertone of these two men love each other and it's fucking precious, dude. I love it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I really can't think of another truly, I guess, uh, gay relationship when it comes to just two men in video games. Yeah, I that was actually one of the things that I was like kind of like trying to quote unquote look for because like I've played a million games and like sometimes the, the gay stuff isn't really or well, not I keep saying gay, but I mean like the queer stuff isn't really necessarily like uh, I, I don't want to say thought out, but like it isn't necessarily like um, uh, how do I want to say this? Uh, overt, I guess would be would be yeah. a good way to put it. 
Like, it's not necessarily something that, like, is, like, in your face. And, like, I was looking for games that I had played with gay protagonists, and I, I couldn't find any. Like... Right. I, like, any that's not, like, a cyberpunk where you are you are your created character. Yeah. You can make these choices to be... It's usually, like, the first-person games or something like Stardew where you can make those choices. But it's, like, there's never a... Like a character like Wainwright that just exists and he's within the story. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's exceedingly Whose rare. Turn is it? Uh, it is. I think it's mine, right? Austin. Oh, yeah. I just went. God damn. I had a fucking <laughs> lapse of memory, dude. Well, shit. Uh, let me find the dock again because it closed out for some reason. You may uh, read it to you. No, I got it. I'm good. Thanks. Okay. Austin doesn't know how to read. Or wait. Uh, no, I don't. That's, it's sad because he had this whole library in prison and he just couldn't read anything in it. <laughs> the only thing I chose to read was a Bible. <laughs> oh, my God. As most uh, prisoners do. Uh, anyway, yeah, my next choice is Rin uh, from Catherine Full Body. Uh, you guys were just talking about how you don't really see uh, very... Or how you don't see... Uh, two men uh, uh, relationships very often, but this one's a pretty good one. Uh, Rin was a new love interest that was introduced in the enhanced version of the game, uh, Catherine Fullbody, that I think released in 2018, maybe 2017, 2018. I know the original game came out in 2012, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you first meet Rin, she's kind of introduced as this, like, really tiny like high-pitched high energetic young young woman uh but upon furthering her relationship route you realize that rin is not a young woman that she is a man uh that just dresses like a woman because he's scared to uh confront the world how he is uh he's scared for people to see him like that and it's more comfortable for him to pretend to be a woman and still have the attraction to men that he has um <clears throat> Now, there, there's some crazy fucking revelations about Ren when you get to the uh, end of his character uh, or end of his uh, romance route, but along the way, he has a lot of great lessons, and a lot of your time spent with Ren is him just kind of explaining that, like, gender doesn't really matter when it comes to love or that it shouldn't matter, and it shouldn't be, a, it shouldn't even be a factor in the first place, uh, and he kind of talks about, he's like, you know, I, I didn't... I don't fall in love with people solely based on their gender. I fall in love with these people because of who they are. And he that's why he falls in love with Vincent the way he does. And when Vincent first realizes that he's a man, he's, he's kind of taken back at first. And he does lash out and get kind of angry and has this kind of almost, almost homophobic outrage. Uh, but then he realizes that that's more of just a response of him questioning his own feelings and not really being sure how he feels about this. Uh, eventually, Vincent does decide to, that, you know, he does love Rin in the same way, and then come to find out Rin is actually an alien. There's a whole bunch of other shit, uh, which also made for a really <laughs> awkward conversation, because Rin kind of has this, like, oh, I don't think species should matter in love either, and then it's like, oh, wait, uh, I don't really like the way you just said that. Uh, but it's okay because he was an alien, so it's it, it didn't it didn't mean animals like uh, I like I thought it did going into it. Um, but yeah, he turns out to be an alien. It's kind of a whole big ordeal, but it was still cute, and I still enjoyed his his little story. All right, 
Interesting. That is, uh, I mean, that's that's certainly one way to, I guess, think about it. Like I also, yeah, it, it's it's also really great to see this come out of Atlas uh, because Atlas has been uh, <clears throat> uh, accused numerous times of not being very well to the LGBT community uh, with some of the plot devices that they have sprinkled specifically throughout Persona. Uh, people don't really seem to have an issue with any other game series they make. It kind of only seems to be Persona where they have those kind of issues. But uh, it, it's really great for them to to see them come out with a game and, and write a story for a character like this that's not just, like, making fun of him for being gay or bisexual or whatever the fucking weird case with Persona 4 was. Well, all right then. That is... Yeah, uh, when you were talking about that, that I don't know. You kind of threw me for a loop because I was not expecting uh, <laughs> him to be an alien. And, yeah, I, yeah I was like, oh, okay, it's like a transgender gay relationship or whatever. Like, okay, like the cool, whatever. No, nope, he's a fucking alien. Like, all right then. Atlas wasn't going to have a normal story. Yeah, yeah, no. It's an Atlas. God game. forbid they wouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, um, my next pick is, um, I'm going to go with, um, Patroclus and, uh, Achilles from Hades. And, uh, this is, um, kind of a, uh, I, I guess a cop out because technically these characters are from like uh, Greek mythology or whatever. Um, but I still kind of think that they should definitely count because of, uh, I mean, just what they do in the game, because in, in the, uh, in the story, like that it's kind of based off on or uh, not based off on that doesn't even make sense. But kind of like what it's based on is um, never really explicit in what it's saying. Like it's kind of hinted at that Achilles and Patroclus are gay in um, in the uh, I, I guess is it the Odyssey that they're they're in or is it the Iliad? I don't I don't remember. Um, either way, it, it kind of doesn't fucking matter. Um, but yeah, so, um, the reason that I wanted to put them on here is kind of for the same thing that we were talking about with, um, your characters from Borderlands or like some of the, like the, our flag means death, like that sort of stuff. I kind of feel like a lot of... Uh, gay relationships are um, often overlooked in in media as uh, how, how do I want to put this but um, how, like th you don't see them like it, it's a whole bunch of like l lesbian stuff or, or, or what have you it's never really like gay men and like from the get go 
when you first meet Achilles and he's talking about Patroclus, it is very clear that they are in love with one another and that they had a gay relationship and that like they are still in love with one another. And I just was enamored with them from the word go. Like, I think that like their relationship is one of the most sincere in the entire, like the entire game, but also is like one of the most sincere of any game that I've ever really played. If I'm being honest, like everything that goes down with Patroclus and Achilles is, uh, I mean, it's kind of the, the same way that I feel, feel about the, the stuff that goes down in our flag means death. It's just very, it's very sweet and it's very, um, welcoming. I, I think is maybe a bad way to put it, but it's, it's stuff that is like, I, uh, I'm trying to think of ways to put this, but like, it's, it's just, I keep saying sweet, but it's very like, I mean, it's, it's a love story. And one thing that like really bothers me about like, like when people are like, Oh, gay, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, they're, they're love stories. Like it doesn't matter that these people are gay. It does not matter at all. You would not say this kind of shit about a fucking straight relationship. Like why, why would, why do you get bent out of fucking shape over like, gay relationships or, or trans people or, or whatever. It's the same fucking thing that like you really like love in like fucking like Disney fairy tales and shit like that. Like it's just a love story. What, what is, what is the deal here? Like what, what is it exactly that you're objecting to? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I just really, really enjoyed, uh, my time with uh, the game and really, really loved uh, getting to know these characters. And uh, yeah, I, I really like them together. I really like the game. The game is awesome. Go check it out. And uh, yeah, that's my issue with a lot of <clears throat> love stories with relationships that I guess are a part of the LGBT community. It's, always that it's it's a heavy focus that it's a gay relationship or just a non-traditionally straight relationship they always put a big emphasis on that and it it's never just left alone to be a love story like mm-hmm. i'm really tired of the fact that we we have to put so much emphasis on the fact that it is mm-hmm. that kind of relationship and let instead of just letting it be and that's what i wish we could get more of yeah i 100 percent agree with that mm-hmm um, last choice for me, it's actually a side character and a side character that you very briefly meet in The Witcher 3, and his name is Mizlov. Um, This is from one of the very early quests, very, very early quests in The Witcher 3, when you are tasked with killing, I about said a demon, uh, tasked with killing a griffin, um, and I think White Orchid, White Orc, is that the right place? I don't know. It's somewhere out there. <laughs> um... White Orchard. It's going to really bother me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Somewhere in the early game of Witcher 3, you meet him and you're, you're tasked with finding him. And he's this tracker who people say are weird and he lives by himself, whatever. So 
as you go and you meet him and, you know, obviously you're guilt and you're listening to this guy's story and you're kind of trying to find out, you know, how good of a hunter is he and stuff like that. And he starts talking and he was that, that like the hunter for a local lord. Like he was employed under, you know, this, this, he was employed in this man's service to go out and be his personal hunter. So he knows his stuff. And he starts kind of talking about how he was pushed away because of some affliction, pushed away from the people. And Gerald's trying to help. He's like, you know, if what is it like a lycanthropy? Because if it's that, I mean, I, there's a cure for that. Like we can help you type of thing. And he, he kind of takes this somber tone and he's like, it's nothing that can be cured almost. He was like his exact quote, and I have it pulled up here, like when he's talking to Geralt about like the affliction, the affliction, um, he was like, it's not lycanthropy. It's, and then he kind of trails off. He's like, it's the Lord's son. And his name was Florian. He said, he and I, we loved each other. And this other guy, Dieter walked in on, walked in on us in the stables and they drove me away for that. And almost immediately he says, and the guy that I loved Florian, he wound up hanging himself and, it's it's like it hits so hard because it's you didn't expect something like that not from the witcher and not so hard hitting and not so quickly um it took me for a spin man because it's like that's still how people are treated today like they find out someone is gay and they just immediately shun them they do away with them they make them feel like they don't belong or that they don't matter or that they're like, they chose to be that way. It's like, there are all these different things that came to mind when I started listening to Mislov's story a little bit more and really thinking about it. And it's just like, you, you, you heard how he spoke. It's like, I have this affliction, like immediately he's, he's blaming himself almost like he's been cursed or like he has a sickness because he likes another man. It's, it's sad because people really think that way today in 2022. People still think that way, that they're cursed and it, it fucking hurts, man, because it's like you love who you love and it's, yeah, that's, that's, it just, it sucks, man. But in this, he's just one of my favorite characters in that whole game. And you really don't, you, you don't deal with him at all. After that, that quest is done. Everyone goes their separate ways. It's fine. But his impact stayed with me throughout the whole game. Like I would, I would go back to White um, Orchard, whatever the fuck it's called, just to visit him, um, see if he had any new dialogue or anything like that. And he didn't. But I don't know. It just great character, great bit of story in that one little snippet. That's a huge part of why I love The Witcher Three as much as I do. Well, hell yeah, man. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. Well, Austin. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Atlas, uh, my neck, my last character comes from an Atlas ripoff. Uh, oh, beautiful. Digimon story, Cyber Sleuth, Hacker's Memory. Um, <clears throat> I call it, I say it's an Atlas ripoff because both of these games play very similar to Persona and even the modern day SMT titles. They, they're almost the same thing. Um, but yeah, that character is uh, Yu Nogi. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, but so uh, to give it a, a better understanding of his character, uh, inside the lore for the or overall lore of Digimon Cyber Sleuth, 
uh, everyone kind of partakes in this virtual world called Eden. Uh, it's where people go to work. It's where people go to school. It's where people hang out with their friends. Um, there's still a very real world that has its purposes that people are also still attached to. But uh, most people spend a lot of time in this virtual world. And uh, hacking is a big prevalent issue uh, that they can't seem to put a stop to. And uh, this character, you, is uh, our protagonist's best friend. They've been friends since childhood. And he kind of notices uh, his best friend start to drift when his uh, friend becomes a hacker. Uh, he becomes a hacker because somebody basically stole his account. And in this world, when somebody steals your account, they pretty much steal your identity. Uh, they have access to every portion of you uh, within this, this virtual world. <laughs> And so it's a very big deal. So our main character becomes a hacker to try to find who stole his account and, and kind of get his life back. Um, and you really feels like he's kind of put to the side and like his friends kind of forgotten about him. Uh, over the course of the game, the main character has run-ins with a masked character named Kay who kind of leads him on this big wild goose chase to kind of get hunt down his account information. And towards the end of the game, when you have your final confrontation with that character and you kind of are able to get that mask off of him, it's revealed that it was you the whole time. And the reason why he stole his, his best friend's identity was because he was in love with him. Um, he had such burning passion and, and these feelings for him, and he knew that it wasn't reciprocated. And when he saw his friend become a hacker and join a hacking team and start to make other friends and drift from him, it, it started to kill him. Like, he, he was almost physically in pain over it. Um, he was so hurt of the idea of his best friend, who he knew didn't reciprocate the same feelings, but he was like, it's fine. I don't care if you feel the same way I do, just as long as, as like, I can still be in your life. I don't care if you feel the same way. Um, he, the whole... He ends up kind of having like a whole split personality issue because it is still a Digimon game and they have to do some kind of bullshit to tie shit in. So at the end of the day, he was possessed by an evil by an evil virus version of a Digimon that kind of made him do all this fucked up shit in the first place. But at the end of the day, it was really just his own feelings being amplified by that virus. Uh, he he loved this character. He loves the main character so much that he didn't want to be away from him like he felt like he was starting to be. Uh, you end up beating him and kind of getting rid of that virus and he kind of realizes what he's done and, and all the pain that he's caused not only the main character but other people as well. And towards the final conflict of the game, he shows up to help the protagonist and he's like, look, I don't want to talk about it. I know you don't feel the same way as I do, but as long as I can be your friend and support you in this conflict, then I'm okay with that. Even if that's the only thing I can do, I'm fine with doing that. And I thought that that was, and it's a heartbreaking story because at the end he kind of, he still, you know, gets what he's most afraid of and not being able to have the relationship with that person. But it still spoke a lot for his character to being, to, to have the courage to even express that in the first place. And I thought that it was really sweet. Nice. Very cool. Um... Okay. Uh, well, my last one is, uh, I think I talked about it two weeks ago. Um, my last one is Samantha from Gone Home. Uh, Gone Home is one of the first games I think I ever played with uh, a sort of... Um, 
how, how do I want to put this? Um, I, I'm trying to think of the the way. With, with an LGBTQ kind of centered story, I guess would be the best way to to put it. Um, the whole story is kind of like like this quote unquote story of the game is told through like these um, these diary entries through the character of uh, Samantha from um, who who is your is your character sister. And uh, it explores her kind of like finding out or figuring out that she is gay and that she has fallen in love with this girl named I, I relatively sure her name is Lonnie. Um, but uh, it's really the reason that she sticks out to me is because she is kind of one of the first that I found out or, or it, she is one of the first games that I played where a lesbian kind of took the center focus. Like I had obviously played mass effect and as a female shepherd, you could, uh, you know, have a relationship with Liara and like that was technically a gay relationship. Um, you know, I, I had had that sort of stuff, shown to me before but it was never really one of those things like you were saying earlier Dylan where it was like okay this is uh, like not a player character where I get to choose right because like my my attraction is, is to is to females like I like that's just where my attraction lies right like not necessarily right. like to say that like you know, you can't be attracted to someone because of like their personality or their soul or whatever. Cause that is 100% the case. But like more often than not, I like, I am sexually attracted to women. Right. Mm. And so when it comes time for me to play, you know, mass effect or whatever, I'm like, okay, yeah, this, this character's fucking a hot woman. Like, let me fucking, you know, get with her or whatever. You know what I mean? So it was never like something that like, like w one of the things that I, I really find endearing, uh, about the last of us in particular is that its story is told. And that that's the story you like, you have to grapple with the decisions that are made. The storytellers told you what was up and that's it. I kind of like some of the like mass effect quote unquote style storytelling where like you get to choose like how the story plays out and stuff like that. But I also really like when, when developers are like, okay, this is the story that I'm telling. Uh, what is this? What, like, how does this make you feel? And, um, like I got, I think confused by my own, uh, thing. The, the point I'm trying to make is that um, uh, with regards to Gone Home, it was one of those relationships where I was immediately like, this is different. Like, this is something that I haven't played before. I've never played a game with an LGBT 
Q main character. Um, I've never like not of my, uh, I, I don't want to say own volition cause that makes it sound bad, but like it, it's not something that I had ever like necessarily ran away from, but it's just something that ha- hadn't necessarily ever happened for me. Um, and so when I got this and I, it was one of those revelations that I had where I was like, I was saying earlier where it's like, okay, so it's just like a story that like, it's a love story. Like I would have, it's a coming of age story. Like I would have, it was one of my first, like, I guess real realizations that like, I, I don't want to say that like there are people just like we are. Cause that sounds so fucking like wrong to say, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But like, it was one of those things where like, if it, it clicked in my head, like, Oh, like gay relationships are the same as like, um, are the same as like straight relationships. It was one of those, those things where like it really like clicked for me and um it was because of this game like this game really showed me that like um there is no difference between straight and relation uh and gay relationships and that there is uh very little difference between um people you know gay and straight people like it was just one of those things that like, I, I guess had never really occurred to me. Cause you know, growing up in the South straight is the, is the, is the default. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. and I had, I had obviously met gay people in my life before, but like, it wasn't, I, I feel like I'm going on and on, but basically the point was, is that this normalized it for me in a way that it, like I had always kind of felt like, it was stupid for, for, uh, you know, gay people to be treated differently because, you know, they are, they're humans. Like you should, you know, probably treat human beings with like respect. I don't know. Seems like a simple enough fucking idea for me. Crazy thought, but you're, you're speaking crazy right now. Yeah. But like it never, I, I don't think it ever really got wrong home for me in, any real way the way that it did once I played this game once I played this game I was like oh there there really isn't like there's almost literally no difference other than the fact that like they are attracted to the same sex or or whatever you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um anyway uh stuff and things I feel like I've belabored the point good game great character loved it but I think, I mean, to your point, that's kind of the importance of video games doing this. It's like it can open someone's it can open someone's eyes. It's like, and not not like in some maybe like revolutionary way, but it's like people who are a part of the LGBTQ community. It's like they're the same. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. just people who love other people, and the other people we love might be different than the ones that you love, but that doesn't make us any less of a person. Yeah. For sure. Good job, video games. Good job, video games. Um, all right. Uh, that was our topic of the show. Um, 
I felt like... Happy Pride Month. Yeah, Happy Pride Month. I definitely think I said some offensive shit to somebody. Somebody out there is going <laughs> to get offended by what I said. Um, it's okay. I hope you're talking about Skate the Infinity by just saying it's pretty gay. It's pretty gay. <laughs> Somebody's, but like, like me and Madison watched that show together, and Madison also, you know, being a member of that community... When we got done watching it, we just kind of looked at each other, and she was like, that was the gayest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she said the same thing about JoJo, too. Oh, jo- JoJo is the gayest 100%. shit. 100%. <laughs> I've never seen it, and I know that it's the gayest shit that exists. <laughs> JoJo is so unapologetically gay, and I'm so... I, I just love it for that. I, yeah. I love that it does that. Uh, well, um... There's only one person who's been playing shit this week. Yeah, I feel I feel I feel weird about that. Um, Here, I'll I'll help. I played Apex. Okay. <laughs> and I played Apex with him like twice. <laughs> yeah. Good, awesome. I'm I'm glad that that's a that's a thing that you guys do now. You fucks. Do you uh do you remember last year? It might have even been been around about the same time. Uh, do you remember last year where we had a good string of episodes where you didn't have video games to talk about because you just said you were kind of burnt out with gaming for a minute? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been the last couple of weeks. I'm just kind of burnt out. I'm just taking a little bit of a breather. You're just taking a little bit of a breather, playing some Pokemon Let's Go, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Austin's version of, yeah, I'm not really into like playing anything. Is like, I am playing Pokemon. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. That's you got the comfort. It, it is. It's the comfort series. It's I don't like, oh, I'm so burned out with all these new games. Let me go play something I've played a few times before. <laughs> Essentially. It's better than playing Persona 5 it. again. That's so true. I haven't started Or any Persona title. Yet. Oh, God. Hey, Josh, you played some shit. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Evil Dead or not Evil Dead, uh, Dead by Daylight, still, still fun game, still really enjoy it. Um, still trying to catch up with the content that's been released. Um, overall, fun time playing it. Uh, everybody should play the game. Okay, so <laughs> more things that I found out about uh, Evil Dead, the game, totally different game. Um, Evil Dead the game, <laughs> actually. So I was talking last week about how like the uh about how the um the like the the different classes have different like uh things going for them. Uh you know, stuff like like where like they have different special like different abilities and different like um like specialties and stuff like that. Well, as it turns out that the characters within those classes also have their own special stuff going on, which was news to me when I like was talking about uh, the sh- the game last week. I had no idea that like each character had their own specific like um, like abilities and stuff like that. And I was kind of blown away by just how like layered this game and it's like systems can get like, I just was not expecting like half the stuff that I like saw. 
or learned, I should say. Really, really interesting stuff. Um, I would like for um, more content to to come because uh, I, I I really think that like it has the potential to um, kind of stagnate if it doesn't get content soon. Uh, not not that the content that it uh, that it has isn't good. More so that like. I think that uh, like um again it it has the potential to get stale if it's not um do you have fears of like Friday the th- the 13th uh, outcomes maybe not those per se but definitely um I I I hate to say this in comparison to to Dead by Daylight because I love Dead by Daylight like that game has brought me so much joy. Um, but it dead by daylight kind of, st- I don't want to say started the asymmetrical genre cause it didn't, but it kind of was like the, the game that, that sort of brought it into the mainstream, right? Like it was one of those, like people found out about it. It was, it was good. And then it just like, I don't want to say became ubiquitous cause it's still like it's still it's huge, but it's still kind of like people like me play it, not necessarily like um like it's not widely loved across like everything, if that makes sense. Um but like the the point I'm trying to make is that like DBD kind of set the blueprint for how you're supposed to do these games and then like I think that evil dead is a way to move the genre forward. I love the way that the systems are set up in this where like at any given point, like there's only ever really one person interacting with the killer in dead by daylight. And, um, in Evil Dead, everyone gets to interact with a killer because there's combat in this. So, like, you are always being chased. Like, you are always having, like, things brought to the, like, brought to you. And it's always, like, um, h- how do I want to put it? It's always engaging. Like, there's never a dull moment in, in, uh, evil dead the game whereas like if if i'm not running the killer like actively if it's not something that i am actively doing um like i i'm stuck doing for lack of a better term like menial tasks in in dead by daylight i'm never actively like pursuing the killer or like doing things like that you know what i mean like it's always like okay, I'm going to work on a generator. Okay. I'm going to go get this person off of a hook. It's never like I'm an active participant in the gameplay, unless it has something to do with the killer. Um, and I think that evil dead is in many ways solving that problem that, uh, that dead by daylight has, um, 
I also kind of think that the objectives is like there are multiple objectives. They're kind they're they're kind of like a stand in one place and like let a timer run out sort of thing. Um which is a little I, I don't want to say frustrating, but it, it is very very much a, a simple thing. But the fact that there are multiple means that you never necessarily get left out of of gameplay. Like you're always on the cusp of doing something. And that just adds to the experience. And yeah, I don't know, man, this, I, I think that it's a, I think that it's a good, uh, a, a good game. Um, I definitely think that there is room for improvement, but I, I, I don't know that I can definitively say that like, I have the answers that would make it improved, if that makes sense. It's still on my to playlist. My issue is that I can't tear myself away from Apex, and it's not even trying to be funny. Like I did, that's all I play now. Like uh, with the exception of a couple of mobile games, um, it's all I fucking play. But it is on the next to buy list. I don't think there's anything else aside from Stray coming out soon that I want to play. Yeah, Stray's the next one for me that I, I definitely yeah. want to play. Um, and that's still in July, which now that I say that, I'm starting to realize. It's right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> that is fucking terrifying, dude. But uh, no, Evil, it looks so fun. And I, I still can't get over like the lighting and just the overall graphic quality. It looks good. It's good. I'll, oh, yeah. I definitely recommend it. Um, The... Other thing that I started playing is um, I started playing a game called Citizen Sleeper. Uh, so this is available on Game Pass. It is a um, text-based RPG that draws really, really heavily from... Uh, tabletop RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons or um, cyberpunk, you know, stuff like that. And it is actually set in a uh, far future cyberpunk setting. Um, I am really digging this game uh, because it feels like a, a I hate I, I hate using simulator as a word because it, it makes it gives people certain expectations, but like this kind of feels like tabletop simulator in a in a weird way. Like you're given a situation, you have a character that you uh, they actually kind of give you a uh, like a starting class that you can choose, but outside of that starting class, you kind of fill in all of the uh, all of the necessary elements for the character like you determine the backstory or well, well, not necessarily the backstory but like you d determine the character's personality and and you know how you handle situations it kind of reminiscent of uh uh like the telltale games like you know how like people would be like oh well my lee or whatever like that's because they were playing like a totally different version of the character than you were um and uh, the same thing could be 
100% said here where um like your sleeper could be a completely different sleeper than another person's character and um I am really really enjoying like figuring out more about this game um like I said it is text based so it is lacking like uh kind of like what you would refer to as like normal gameplay I guess um it really is kind of like a, a like you make decisions um and then kind of see how those decisions play out type type situation um and i'm i'm just i'm really digging it uh i haven't gotten very far i think i've played maybe maybe a total of like two or three hours um at most but like Again, what I have played, I've really enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, definitely something that I think is worth checking out. So you said Tabletop Simulator, and I'm sorry that this question has nothing to do with the game that you just talked about. But, Austin, what was that game that you were playing, I think, last year? That was like some... Voice of Cards? Tabletop... Was that what it was? Yeah, Voice of Cards. Okay. Super fun game. Uh, it was just bothering me. Did you stop playing that? Yeah. Yeah, no. I, okay. I never actually bought it. I just played the demo. Oh. Yeah. The demo. Wasn't was it though. the demo for the game that was coming out? Yeah. Yeah. It, that was, like you were the, super excited it was like for? a prologue to the game. I just, honestly, I kind of just forgot the game existed and just never got around to buying it. I Is it out now? Yeah. Sounds like could reinvigorate your urge for gaming maybe uh, especially because i'm pretty sure that game's only like 20 bucks there you go yeah i'm pretty sure it's on sale see? like all the time i see it on sale on the switch store like i swear to god once a fucking week there you go I'm josh's right tabletop now. simulator has turned into your redemption for gaming <laughs> i'm gonna check right you're now. welcome i mean honestly yeah thanks dylan Yep, go spend some money, bucko. Bucko. Uh, those are the lessons Dylan teach me. Bef like, before the episode started, he was trying to get me to buy Pokemon cards. I, yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, my Funny God. Yeah, no, I did do that. So what you're okay. saying is you're an enabler. <laughs> yes. He is. 100%. It sure uh, is. And I, love I like to encourage his bad habits. Boy, he does. Because... I don't like how you said that, but I like to encourage them because he needs to live a little. You know what I mean? This is true. Oh, they're making yeah. a sequel. I think this is a sequel. To what? The game that you already forgot about? Yeah. <laughs> huh. That's cool. I don't know if it's a sequel or if it's like a... DLC? I don't know, but it's the same price as the original one. Oh, yeah. Wow. It, this game is not a direct sequel, but both stories can be enjoyed as a standalone experience. That's pretty cool. There you go. More All content. The more to buy. That game really was cool. I just, I don't know yeah. why the fuck I forgot about it the way I did. I, it's I just did. crazy, but it's there now. Yeah. You could literally go buy it right after this episode. Thanks, Dylan. Now I'm going to go spend 60 bucks. No problem. I thought it was 20. Well, it's not on sale, and the fucking, the second game is also $30. But so no, it's you know what? And you don't know when it's going to go back on sale, so you might as well just buy them both. I mean, that's true. Might as well buy yeah. them today, right? 
Yep, probably. Uh, Josh, let's go. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds good to me. <laughs> Ridiculous human beings, you. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, okay. Uh, quick thing before we get into the, the sort of, like, outros. Um, we are uh, bringing... CBS back culture Bob selects um, yep. the first episode is in the can and we'll be releasing on Thursday of this week oh uh, tomorrow actually sorry so if you're hearing this it's already out um, so this episode or well not just this episode but uh, going forward the the show will be hosted by myself and one Skyrise excellence you know um, you love them Justin Rusev. Um, Fucking Russian. Yeah, he's a Russian. See, he's a Russian spy. On it, I'm not interested. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. I'm just kidding. Well, with that, I, with that said, uh, the first episode back is about Jurassic Park. So, um, yeah, give that a listen. Uh, I think it's a pretty good episode. Now I'm interested again. And, uh, yeah. So there is that. Oh, wait. What am I doing? Oh, my God. I forgot picks of the week. Whatever. We'll do picks of the week next. Oh, man. You know, when I met Sabrina, she had this shirt that said mess with me. It had a, it had a fucking T-Rex on it. It said mess with me and you can get your ass kicked. Oh, my. I love that. Yeah. Well. It's like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we no, oh. right, got it. Okay. I'm glad that you cleared that up because I wasn't entirely <laughs> just sure. making sure that we were all there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, God damn, you threw me off again. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's coming out and uh, it'll be here on Thursday. God damn, you guys have just you fucked him up. Don't say yeah. you guys like that had anything to do with me. <laughs> You're right. Fucking throw me in. It did not have anything to do with you. Um, the next one will, though. Oh, God. All right. So that's actually going to be my pick of the week also. So we can go ahead and knock that out. Just go check it out. Um, okay, cool. Austin, what's your yeah. pick of the week? My pick of the week, I've already talked about it. It's my hero. Go watch it. It's so good. It's some of the best shonen that's come out in a long time. And it's just, it's so good. Sweet. <clears throat> my pick of the week is I was I was in the gym for the first time today post-surgery. I was listening to My Discover Weekly and an artist by the name a little band by the name of Bad Sons came up with a song called Patience. Um, it's really cool. It starts off with like this math rock sounding riff, but it's it's just good indie rock. It was a great time. Loved it. Every second of it. Um, so check it out. Yeah. Bad Sons, have, uh, they've got some pretty, pretty good music. Yeah, it was my first time listening to them. Really? Yeah, I am in love though. Awesome. Well, um Yeah, so with that said, as always, you can find on sales Hmm boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I started burping as I was talking and it was just like okay. So no burps for Tani the like the last two episodes. Damn. Oh no. Poor guy. Missing out. Uh anyway. <laughs> As always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bob, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Bob family of content. 
Culture Bop is available on Twitter at culture underscore bop, on Instagram at culture underscore bop, and on YouTube at culture bop. Um, I think I'm actually going to deactivate the Twitter um, just because it never really gets used. If I'm tweeting anything, I'm tweeting on my own account. Um, so, yeah, uh, you don't have to worry about that. But Instagram definitely has content coming out like pretty much every day now uh i've got us hell it does dude you've been on top of that shit i woke up today and it's like you've been tagged in a post i was like what the fuck is this and it's one of my clips that you posted from a while ago that was fucking awesome yeah man i love that and on top of that there's like snippets of the shows like the bop i'm sure there's gonna be one for jurassic kicked stuff like that yeah fucking it is non-stop and i love it yep we've got a i've got a whole little calendar planned out uh for for stuff coming to instagram and uh yeah it's it's coming at a at a pretty regular clip so just uh go check check that out um anyway speaking of social medias i am on twitter at the bebop man 182 on instagram at bebop man 182 and on twitch at the underscore bebop man i actually just thought about something um the YouTube video for Stranger Things actually got uh, put back online. Um, I think that my um, I think that my appeal is still up in the air. I think Netflix has 30 days to respond to it or whatever. Um, so it may get taken down again, like may get blocked. But um, go check that out on, on Culture Pop. It's uh, I think it's pretty solid. I don't know that it's... It's pretty fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know that it's as good as my, my Arrested Development video. I think I, I kind of cut some corners um, a little bit. But uh, yeah, I do think that it is solid. Um, and it is definitely... I, I think that it is worth your time, um, for sure. Hell yeah. So It's a great look into the directorial approach of the Duffer, Duffer Brothers. I fucking loved it. Yeah, I was very... I was very happy with the reception. I had uh, one comment on there that said, like, um, this is a let me let me see. What was it? Uh, said said it was something about like, I, I like the approach to this to this video or something like that. I like the format or something. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I definitely plan on doing more uh, videos like that um, after I release my my why you should watch horror. Um video at the end of this month hopefully if i can just maintain focus and get it out on time um i definitely plan on doing a few more well maybe not even a few more but like a series of the uh why this scene rules where i break down like like filmmaking techniques and like why i think things are awesome um so yeah just definitely i guess look forward to that and um yeah, sorry to de- derail us again. Uh, Dylan, you're available on Twitter, OMDizzyTV on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on YouTube at OMDizzy. You got, you got any fresh uh, YouTube content coming out? I've been thinking about it. It's like if I keep clipping what I do on Apex, I can absolutely make a little montage out of that. But it's like I've been wanting to create a video. I just don't know what I want to do. Like outside of clips and stuff, like that I've done on Twitch or playing through Apex. Um, I am going to start streaming again relatively soon. 
Um, Sabrina feels confident in her Apex abilities now that we can play together. We're consistently getting some games won, so... Fuck you. We'll see. Except for the games that I join in on. It's okay. It's harder in trios. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Um... Austin, you're available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Plays, on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Uh, now I got a question for you about your your stuff. I know that you had um, originally planned to do um, da, 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 what am I thinking about? Mega Man. Mega Man. Yeah, a whole yeah. TikTok series on Mega Man. How's that coming? Yeah, um, I'm kind of like writing. Uh, like like quick talking points for for kind of each video. Um, <clears throat> I was just gonna do like the whole series at once and just do like part one, part two, part three, whatever. Um, but then I kind of feel like it would be more fun and more digestible to do uh, one video for each specific sub series. So I'm I'm currently still uh, doing a lot of research uh, like behind each each individual sub series and stuff like that. Um, to try to compile all of my thoughts into uh, digestible content. So it's going. Sweet. It's just going slower than I want it to, but it's going. Okay. It'll get there. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad uh, that it'll get there. I definitely am interested to hear what you've got um, going on. Yeah. All right. Uh, and finally, last thing. If you're looking to support this podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then go to patreon.com slash culture pop. We have several different tiers offering some very, very cool perks, uh, including uh, I think it was last week we did our um, maybe it wasn't last week. Maybe it was the week before we did our patron selected episode at the $2 level, uh, you get to vote on what one of the topics for our show will be. And it's uh, it's always the last episode of the month. But um, yeah, so that's one. We have some perks where you get this show. Uh, is it three days early? I'm trying to remember. I think it's three days early. Um, but yeah, got some really cool stuff going on over there. Um, and I think that we have a nice little community forming. Um, in the Patreon. So go check that out if you feel so inclined. And I, I think that's it. I think that's the, I think that's the end of the episode. So hell yeah, that's the show. All right. Do you guys have any closing words? Do you, <coughs> do you have any more, uh, problematic statements to, to throw out Dylan? No. <laughs> Sure, you sure you don't have any more in you before we get out of here? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, I really tried to be refined and I still somehow fucking managed No. Okay. I think you're doing great. Yeah. It's okay. We'll get there. <laughs> I will get there. It's my problem. <laughs> uh all right. Well, we're gonna get out of here. So until next time, goodbye.